0: You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast.
1: Welcome to the 100 Huntley Street podcast. I am your host today, Laura Watson, and I am so thrilled to have you join me right now. It is a pleasure to have you with me, friend. Well, you know, today we're going to be diving into a topic that is um, very deep and um, challenging to talk about, but very important. And, you know, the topic we're going to be talking about really is probably a parent's worst nightmare. Um, my guest, Carrie Spring, she is a podcast host. Um, the Real Raw Truth podcast is hers. And she is also a speaker, she does digital ministry, uh, she's a philanthropist. Well, Carrie has this story of losing her son to suicide in 2013. And, um, she is going to be sharing about that journey, um, what it was like, how it impacted her, um, how she fought to choose forgiveness and how God brought her fresh hope and strength in the face of this loss. And today what she's doing to honor her son's memory carries one of the strongest people I've ever met. And I feel like if she heard me say that, um, in this moment, she would say, you know, it's God's strength, not mine. But, but she really is. And, and a big part of that strength I've seen is her choice to just trust God no matter what. But anyways, you know, there's so much for you as you listen to Carrie and I talk. And so I'm really excited that you're going to be listening to um, her, this conversation and her hard-won wisdom and all of those different layers of her journey. And I'm thankful that um, she's willing to share the way she is. So please uh, stay with us. There's a very important conversation that uh, you need to hear coming after this. How can we find healing and hope in the face of losing a loved one to suicide? Joining me now to talk about her deeply personal experience on this topic is Carrie Spring, host of The Real Raw Truth podcast, Thank you for being with us today on 100 Huntley Street, Oh, Thank you so much for having me. Carrie. your story is is difficult, and there was so much struggle, and yet God is doing so many things through it. Um, You know, you've experienced something. I'm a mom, which is, you know, a mother's worst nightmare. And you lost your son, uh, Gregory, to suicide uh, about 10 years ago. Um, But before we dive deeper into that part of your story, Tell me a little bit more about you know, your life before before you lost Gregory, your life as a family.
0: Yeah, as a family, we were deeply involved in sports um, and in church, and so it was like, we going everywhere all the time. Uh, Greg was a great hockey player, and then he fell in love with soccer as he went into high school, and we played year-round that. And my daughter, the same things. So they were 18 months apart. So um every night we usually had some kind of sporting event or some kind of uh, church event activity and and we always supported each other like my husband and i were firm believers that if they were going to participate in something we were going to be there for them so we were always on the run I, I coached many seasons for them so as a family we were very tight-knit and actually you know younger years our kids weren't tight but as they became older they became best friends so that was a neat development to see in my kids but um, we were very active. We were um, as active as we could be in the church in that stage in our lives. Um, at the time, I was working in ministry, so I was home and able to go and kind of make my own schedule, and my husband worked full time. But we were, we, we just, we loved life. I mean, life was good.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've I've heard you share a bit about that because you do quite a bit of public speaking and you know, you shared about this stage of life for you and your family where you were very tight-knit, very close and faith a faith-based family. Yeah. And often like the kids in the community would come and hang out at your house because it was a safe haven yeah. and a welcoming space. And you know, Gregory was such an inspiration too. As a young man, he also had been diagnosed with Tourette's. Yes. And then, you know, I had read part of your story where um, The doctors had said he would never thrive in sports. He wouldn't thrive in school. But here he became an honor student. And he became quite the athlete. (laughs) Very, very high-level athlete. Um, But but you know, and there was so much resilience in him. But despite that resilience, he was also facing a lot of social struggle at different times among his peers and you know, uh, that's a hard experience for you to see as a mom and that involved bullying.
0: Yes, and, and part you know part of that would be the side effects of Tourette's is a lot of tics. Yeah. And unfortunately, in the classroom where, you know, is a little bit more difficult, you give him something hands-on like welding, woodworking, those type of things, he was as good as anybody else you put him next to. But when he got into English or writing a paper or something like that, he struggled with it. So the tics would come out. Or if he got in a, a uncomfortable situation, you would see more ticks, and of course, that's where the bullying begins. You put him on a sports field, uh, he he was good to go because it was natural for him. So, you know, as far as him beating the odds of what the doctor said, I do want to contribute here that when my husband and I were younger, we first got that diagnosis, we said, we're not going to allow the doctor to defy the odds of our son. We're going to give our son every opportunity to succeed at life. Yes. If it's true, that's fine. We'll accept that. But we want Greg to have every opportunity. And even the doctors today say, I can't believe he was the man he was. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, part of Tourette's, you know, is is that there is
1: some impulsive split-second yes. decisions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, and it's hard. That's really hard as you're looking back as a mom. Yeah. And, um. You know, June 2013, it was a day that changed your life forever. Yes. Are you comfortable sharing a bit about how that day unfolded? And what was leading yeah. up to it, those kinds of things?
0: Yeah, it was, you know, the end of the school year. Of course, in New York, you go to school till the end of June. And he, he was in the process of taking his final exam. So you just went in when the exam was taking place. You didn't have to go for a full day of school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had one test or just taken a test. And that day he's like, I want to go see my grandpa, which was normal behavior because my uh, father-in-law had had a stroke, so he needed help with things. And and I'm like, OK, just do a couple tours here and then take the car and go. And nothing out of the ordinary. But that evening we had um, text him and we weren't getting a response back, which was unusual. We knew there were some spots that he couldn't text, but usually he responded within an hour. And so my husband and I were like, let's just take a drive up there. Something just doesn't feel right. And that evening, um, you know, hours later, my husband and I found our son and he had taken his own life. And it Caught us by complete surprise because we had, you know, he had been with counselors because of the Tourette's and the ticks and the bullying. and um, obviously there's medication involved when, when you have Tourette's. Um, but never had he indicated any suicidal thoughts or intentions and stuff. We had dealt with the bullion. We thought we had it under control. We thought he knew his identity was in Christ and don't believe what they are, you know? You're so good at these natural things. But unfortunately, impulsiveness and what transpired that day in social media He spiraled and he ended up taking his life. And in that moment, in that time when we found him, we actually thanked God that we had that last moment with him. It was the hardest thing we ever had to envision, but we're grateful to post the time period because we had that moment to say goodbye. We had that moment to forgive our son. We had that moment to grasp and come together as a family and say, what is next for us? Yeah. And going into that moment, you were, you know, an art. You're a woman of deep
1: faith. You, your faith began when you were about 10 years old. Yes. You've had this long journey of walking with God. And I can yeah. imagine in the moment you had huge questions for God.
0: <laughs> yeah, the questions the questions were there. And the natural one was, was I not a good enough mom? Did I not do something right? Could I ever still be in ministry? You know, Am I good enough even to raise my daughter now as an, you know, as an adult? You know, where, where do I go from here? Why did you allow my son to pass when you could have stopped this? You know, these natural questions are going. And so yeah. we had a lot to process through. A lot to process through. Yeah. And, uh, you know,
1: and you did that work, but you began to do the work quickly. You know, a part of as you began to plan the funeral and figure out how do you convey this? How do you convey that you know your son has been lost to suicide, and, um, and what is your positioning now? I know even through the funeral, some of that bullying that he'd been experiencing started to rear its head again.
0: Yeah, the day after um, he had passed and the word had spread, um, at that point we hadn't released how he had passed because we were still waiting for the final confirmation, and we just— we were trying to decide how we we're gonna release the information, but we remember John 8.32, you know, the truth is gonna set you free. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure that the truth got out there and not the rumor mill flying. But in the meantime, somebody had wrote on a funeral home page, um, ha ha, he's dead, I hope he's in hell. And we were just like, wow, like if that is what our son was facing that day, and that's just a little taste of the bullying that he faced, mm-hmm. how do we move forward with this? Yeah. And, and we hadn't slept in a couple of days. You know, I mean, it was just a, one of those time periods. But we came back. We couldn't, we couldn't read our Bible at that point. Like our eyes were so filled with tears that we just couldn't read. But the one thing that we always remembered is uh, worship music. And we remember Laura's story saying that we, God deserves our worship even in our brokenness. Okay. And so we just continued to play the worship music. And the one thing that, that God revealed to us, too, was in Colossians 3.13, where it says we need to forgive just as he forgave us and so as we began just kind of processing to that and the worship music that would come on, which remember we couldn't control but god controlled because we were just using you know our alexa and, and and letting him play the music we realized we before we could bury our son one we needed to reveal the reason the cause of his death which was suicide we needed to be honest to these kids we needed to let them know that that was not a good choice at all yeah there were better choices And so at the funeral, we made that public announcement. We even put it in the low flyer that they received. And we also needed to forgive the the individuals that wrote that post. Because even though they may never say anything back, we had to forgive out of obedience to God. But the hardest struggle we had was to forgive our son. Yes, we had verbally said it when we we had him, but to truly forgive and let it go had to happen for us to move forward in our process of forgiving and moving forward in grief.
1: Yes, yes. And such a hard thing to forgive. Yeah. And, you know, recently I know your your daughter celebrated her wedding and I'm sure you wish Gregory was there with you in yeah. those moments. One of the interesting um, pieces, you know, I've heard you say as you, as you do your public speaking, you do a lot of advocacy for anti-bullying to help people overcome suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and those things, um, is that, you know, you do... You do stay strong in the idea that you know where Greg is. yeah, you know he's with Jesus. yeah. but you don't know where these other kids are. Yeah. you don't know where their journey is leading them. And so it really motivates you these days to make the difference that you're making.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the big mistakes I made was I was question God, why my son and not other people? Why didn't you choose to save him? Was I not good? all that struggle and what it led to was God really, really sitting me down and kind of putting me in my place and and he said I know where your son's going he's coming home these other kids are not now I want you to go and make sure they know who I am yeah and so that that actually came to the forefront of our mission field of it was we we are going to die making sure that everyone we meet everyone we know knows who Christ is and they have that opportunity for heaven too that they know so That became the core of who we are and what we're going to do. So we want to give glory to God in everything we do. Mm -hmm. But we also want to be the missions field can be at a stadium. It can be in our church. It can be in our backyard. We don't care where it's at. We're going to let people know about Christ. And
1: you know, that's what's so amazing about your story is choosing forgiveness in the face of maybe not wanting to be forgiving, choosing faith when you want to be full of despair because that's your natural inclination. What difference do you think as you look at this situation your hope in Christ has made in your life facing this?
0: You know, if I didn't have the foundation of my faith, I don't think I'd be sitting here today because I would probably be buried next to my son. But God gives you all the hope. He gives you all the reason. And knowing the strength of my faith and having that foundation, the first thing I had to turn to was worship music. Like it was just yeah. natural for me to do that. And God could speak to me through that. Yeah. And he got me quickly on path. Also the people I hang around. Mm-hmm. You know, my church family, my my mentors, they were all pouring into me. And And sometimes it was in silence. They were praying for me. They would send me a little text. They would do things like that. But God really orchestrated this. And as it comes farther out, and it's hard for people to understand if they're fresh out of losing someone. Yeah. But God trusted me with my son. He knew beforehand that he would have threats, he would have difficulties in education, and he knew he would pass at an early age. But he trusted me to be his mom. And he trusts me to spread the word after the fact. And, and I accept the mission he gave me. And I had to come to terms quickly with that. And knowing that he wanted to use me, I had to be the yes. So as soon as I came to be the yes, God has equipped me every, every step of the way. I've never been without direction or guidance in this step of going. And he empowers me in different places he takes me. When I get a text from a kid saying, man, I tried, and I'm thankful God saved me, and I'm never gonna do that again because I saw whatever. And it just goes to show that what I'm saying, what I'm doing, is for a reason.
1: And it's amazing. You know, tell me a little more about the work you were doing in ministry in in the sports world. You have a mixture going on. So, you do some digital pastoring. Mm-hmm digital work with the Carol McCloyd Ministries. Yes. Um, you know, you also go, you public speak mm-hmm. and you do advocacy. Yeah. You help kids <laughs> understand, right? That today yeah. is not there forever. Yeah. Um, but something else you're doing very big is in the Buffalo area, connected <laughs> to sports and then changing young people's lives through a very
0: special scholarship you've started. Yeah, we started the scholarship program, I think less than a year after he'd passed and we've given close to $50,000 away to kids going into trade or technical programs because Greg was going to be a welder. And through that and trying to raise funds and not wanting to do the gold chicken barbecue raffle basket type of things when when we first got started, um, we connected up with the, the Sabres and began working with them and selling the 50-50 to create funds to come in. And and so we have built a phenomenal relationship with the Sabres and the Bills and we go to the games and we work different events for them. And, and they provide funds and donations into um, our scholarship fund to where we can go in and um, really give and give generously. And the great part of our scholarship fund is, it's a way for us to share our faith because we can't walk into a school and share our faith but we certainly can walk in and give them a letter when we give them a scholarship sharing our faith and your story too right? and our story yes because they all know it um but then going into the different places we take volunteers in and most of the time it's our church or um it could be kids that get past scholarships and mm-hmm. in, in the arena or in the stadium wherever we're at we're always sharing our faith we're, we're praying for people we're being kind, and yes. so we are sharing the gospel, and where to where we go, whether we're volunteering, whether we're giving scholarships, whether we're doing things, and and it is just the most heartwarming, especially after this last week with the bills of seeing yes. all these seeds that we're planting, and now God's gotten somebody else to water them.
1: Um, you know, I've heard it said that the atmosphere of an arena changes when you and your group are in there. And I believe that's because God's presence comes in. Exactly.
0: Yeah. We, we bring the church to the stadium. <laughs> this <is an> amazing <laughs> that's what I said. I love it. I bring the church to Incredible the stadium. impact. Yeah. And, and we, we never know. We never know what we've done that day. Yeah. But God reveals some of these small things to it. And it just yes. keeps us coming back with a smile. And if we can change one life, yeah. it's worth doing it all.
1: And Carrie, you know, speaking of changing lives right now, for that person watching who may be struggling with suicidal ideation or thoughts of suicide... You know, what would you say to them right now to encourage them?
0: I'd first say, your hope is in Christ, your identity is in Christ, is not in man, is not in the world. Yeah. Go to go look at Christ, find out who he is, and find your identity in him because he has you here for a purpose. Yes. And once you find your purpose, you're going to find your passion and you'll never look back. You're going to live with joy every day. Even me sitting here with my son in heaven, I live with joy every day because he gives me that joy and I know I'll see my son again. I'll, I'll see my grandparents again. I mean, he gives us that hope and joy so that we can live. And also never choose a permanent solution for a temporary problem. That's good. And, and I, and I love that because Bullying, it's going to go away. He wasn't going to be in high school forever. Um, You have to see past it. Um, Get the help you need. Sometimes people need medicine for what they're going through. Sometimes things are super tragic. And you have a right to be upset or anxious or depressed. Get the help you need. Don't sit back and try to handle it yourself. Because we're not equipped, especially at that 18 to 24-year-old. You're not equipped to deal with it yourself. Get the help you need. Because God has a purpose and a plan for you here on earth. And you just need to seek it out.
1: Well, he certainly does, and Carrie, um, everything about your story shows (laughs) that there is a purpose that he can bring out of anything. And um, it's really incredible. You are such an inspiring woman, thank you. and I'm so thankful to see your strong faith yeah, thank you. and uh, the difference you're making in the lives of the next generation. <laughs> I'm cheering you on in all I you're love, doing. I love,
0: Yeah, I love. I love what God's doing, and, and you know, it just keep me going. And I just see Greg's memory staying alive because the one thing about my son is he loved to help others. And and so every time we see something, it just brings back great memories. And and God has allowed all the tragic event to be replaced with all the great things Greg did in his life. And so he just fills us with just great, the 17 great years we had with him. Yeah,
1: that legacy lives on. Carrie, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You know, if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation, please know from this interview, from today, from you've watched, that you are not alone in your darkness. That God is with you. You may be watching this in this very moment for that reason. For God to tell you that He loves you. He has a purpose for your life. There is a plan for your tomorrow. So don't hurt yourself. Don't stop your life short. And you know, there are so many people who want to come alongside you and support you and help you go forward. So please call our prayer lines. That's one thing you can do right now. You can call our prayer partners. They will listen to you, speak with you, pray with you and encourage you in ways that you might not might not be able to imagine that they could. And they've got connections for you to get counseling and the support you need And of course, if you've lost a loved one to suicide, you do not have to struggle in despair and hopelessness or feeling alone. Please remember that God loves you and he wants to restore those parts of you that are broken or hurting or feeling like you can't go on. Again, our prayer lines are there for you. 1-866-273-4444. God has such a plan for your lives. God loves you so much and there is so much purpose for you to come. Please stay with us. I am so thankful for Carrie's openness and authenticity, everything she had to share about her journey with her son, Greg. And you know, what's really struck me is her choice to forgive, you know, the bullies who were bullying Greg, her choice to uh, forgive Greg for making the decision he did and uh, her honesty about that forgiveness journey and her earnestness that, you know, she knows God calls us to forgive as followers of Jesus and the importance that um, that has in our lives. And then to see those decisions she made to be forgiving, you know, result in um, this incredible scholarship fund, the Gregory D spring perseverance scholarship fund that, um, you know, she has established with her family and how it helps young people who might be at risk and shares the message of Jesus love with them. I'm amazed at how God is using such a difficult situation and a dark situation as the loss of Carrie's son to suicide, to um, turn something new over in in Carrie's life and bring newness to other people. And it really reminds me of that Bible verse, Romans eight twenty eight that God will work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, let me first say that if you're somebody who is struggling with suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation, please give our prayer lines a call. Call one 273 4444 Our prayer partners are there to pray with you, listen with you know to you, and encourage you, but they also have a lot of resources to give you, um, other phone numbers for you to connect to, people to connect with you, to encourage you. Your life is worth living, and God has such big plans in store for you. You know, I can remember in my late teens, I had gone through a lot, and I really didn't want to... Um, I had thoughts of not wanting to be alive and, and some suicidal ideation. And when I met Jesus, you know, it was at a church service and I, ex- I went forward to an altar call, just like you see in the movies. <laughs> but I encountered the love of God in a way I had never known. And those thoughts of not wanting to live left me. And so all this purpose, you know, flowed into my heart, you know, the purpose of that God has made me for a reason. You know, Psalm 139 says, he formed us in our mother's womb. He numbered every hair on our heads. Every day was written for us before one of them, you know, came to be. And understanding this, that there is a creator who loves you, has made a plan for your life and a purpose for your life. And it starts with a connection with Jesus. Um, it can change everything. So so please call our prayer partners if you need encouragement right now. 866 273 4444 And you know, for those who are sitting there now and and you know you're just feeling this, you know, weight of oppression and saying, I don't even know if I can make that call. I just want to speak a Bible verse over you. Psalm 131. This is where the psalmist writes, You are my rock and my fortress, God. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this peril. Pull me from the trap my enemies set for me, for I find protection in you alone. I entrust my life to you. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. So my prayer is that God would rescue you in the very moment you're in. And I want to pray over you if that's, uh, if that's okay. Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father. I lift up my brother or sister listening to you right now, God, if they are feeling this weight, God, of depression or not wanting to live, God, I come against that in the name of Jesus, God, that spirit of um, self-harm or suicide, I come against it in the name of Jesus, that it must flee from them. Holy Spirit, I ask that your presence would fill the room where they are. That, God, your presence would be around them and in their hearts and minds. God, would you bring your supernatural peace into every thought, emotion, and memory in their minds. Father, I thank you that your great love would be poured out upon them, that they would feel um, your love and your purpose for them. God, we thank you that you would break this yoke God, of depression, God, of fear or anxiety in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you that you would give them a long life, that you would give them a life of purpose, God, and blessing, God, new connections and new possibilities. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Now remember, for more prayer, please call our prayer lines one 866 273 4444. I'm so thankful, you know, you listened into this conversation. I'm so thankful for your life. I'm so thankful for what God has in store for you and uh, looking forward to connecting more. Until next time, God bless you, friends. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to
0: learn more about our programs.